0: Welcome to Force Points to the Point Cybersecurity Podcast. Each week join Eric Trexler and Erica Pierce to explore the latest in government cybersecurity news and trending topics. Always covered in 15 minutes or less. Now, let's get to the point. Hi, and welcome to episode 14 of To The Point Cybersecurity. I am one of your hosts, Erica Pierce, and joined, as always, by Eric Trexler. Hi, Eric.
1: Hey, Erica. Looking forward to this one.
0: Yeah, so we have a a great show for you guys today. Um, We have with us Austin Storm. Storm, I'm sorry, I think I might be saying it, mispronouncing it, I apologize, um, from the University of Central Florida, who is captain of their collegiate cyber defense team. And uh, Austin and his team recently, um, they won the um, Department of Energy's uh, cyber force competition. And so we thought it'd be great to um, take some time on today's episode, learn about the competition, um, learn about the strategy that Austin and his team had to win, and also just talk about cyber cybersecurity um, from a a next generation perspective. So Austin, thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Thank you very much, Erica and Eric. Uh, It's a pleasure to be on here.
0: So, Austin, let's just kick off. Tell us about the competition. Tell us how it came about. I and mean, my understanding is that um, you guys, the, the University of Central Florida, you competed against 65 other teams across the country. Um, you built a network prior to the competition that then um, during the actual in-person piece um, was, was hacked. And I know there were more details than that to the scenario. So please definitely insert those. But just tell us about the process and how this competition worked and in terms of how um, you guys got it involved, your strategy, and, and so on.
2: Yeah, of course. Uh, so let me give some history on the competition itself. Uh, the DOE has been putting this on, I think, four years now. Department uh, of Energy, right? Yeah, the Department of Energy yep. has been putting it up on for about four years. Uh, specifically, this is coming from the core team. Uh, so Amanda Joyce is leading that now uh, as the director of the competition. Uh, so this is the fourth year. I personally have competed in the past three, and UCF has competed in those past three as well. Um, It's mainly grad, ungrad students. uh, And then you're given this network and you're coming in from the scenario that this year it was, you're already an employee. uh, You've been maintaining this infrastructure. Every year you do a quarterly assessment, uh, determine what you need to fix, what you need to implement, what your next strategies are going into the next year. Um, In previous years, it was you're a consultant coming in to Fix their network, uh, defend it. Um, but this year we were given a, a web server, a, you had to create a mail server, a help desk, uh, you had to provide some additional functionality that was just required. Uh, ICS had to have like an HMI viewer, uh, and that was
1: you say ICS, you're talking industrial control system? Yep,
2: uh, industrial okay. control systems and then HMI uh, is just the human machine interface. That's kind of the uh, physical component, or not the physical component, but that is a machine which you can utilize to access some of that SCADA network. Uh, and so what we wanted to go ahead and do this year is uh, we try to focus it on creative ideas because this competition differs in the sense that they're not just wanting you to secure it. They want you to come up with that next level technology or creative ideas that we haven't been seeing previously uh, in technology. So mm-hmm. we try to we try to focus on that creativity element. Uh, so this year and last year we've been trying to work on sort of kind of a software appliance to work around and fill in some of the gaps that you have in some of the protocols th- that uh, ICS uses, such as Modbus or DNP3. Um, so we had a high focus there, but some interesting notes, uh, you're, you're, you're given this network and you don't, you you only have a month it's a quite a long time to get everything set up, but, uh, you got to pretend, Hey, I, I I've worked here, you know, I, I, need to role play a little bit. Right. Uh, cause that gets involved into it as well. And one of the interesting parts and in that, that I guess some of the other competitors may not have been aware of it. Because during the competition, we saw a lot of teams, you know, they get hacked or they lose access to their network. And these systems, you you got to understand that there are vulnerabilities present. There could have been an attacker at one point. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the first thing we do, and I recommend anybody who does compete prior uh, to take a look, pen test your systems, look for indicators of compromise, because... You never know what's on there and it's always good to take a look frequently and then you can start to build the idea of, hey, this is what I want the network to be and uh, start securing it down a little more.
1: So you're given a working system from the Department of Energy or from the the competition per se. Uh, You're given this working system and you need to then secure it and look at how you're going to protect it into the future. But you may have an adversary already inserted into – the system they give you.
2: Yes, exactly. Uh, so I'll give an example that one of the things they had was, uh, a cron job, uh, for f- people who are familiar, that's just uh, a scheduling utility in Linux, uh, that was creating a user called Rocky
1: or Unix for us older guys. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
2: it was creating a user called Rocky. And if, uh, pen testers would be familiar with the Rocky word list, uh, just top common passwords. It's, most notably utilized in uh, brute-forcing attacks. But uh, it created a user with the username RockU. The password was a random password from that file. Uh, And then uh, that was supposed to be an indicator of compromise showing that, yeah, somebody got into the system, you know, now there's a user out there. So you got to look out for Hmm. little tidbits like that.
0: And the other thing I saw, too, when I was reading the scenario is that as you um, you know, we're thinking about how you were securing the, this network, one of the caveats was no ma- major purchases could be made, right? So, which is something that I, I think a lot of organizations, especially government, sometimes have to do is try- having to do more with less.
2: Yeah, of course. Budgeting is uh, the hardest thing to get, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it actually was completely free software. You couldn't use any paid software besides Windows licenses that were available through Azure.
1: Okay. And then no major upgrades either to the critical production system. So the business side of the house, you couldn't impact that in a negative way.
2: Correct. You had to maintain uptime with infrastructure that they had already given. You were budgeted uh, about two additional uh, VMs. These are two gig max, uh, for memory. And so they're kind of throttled in the sense of how strong they are and what you can do on them. But, uh, yeah. So.
0: <laughs> so it was a challenge, so, a two competition. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and, a, and a relatively technical, I mean, we don't get a lot of people talking about Modbus and, and SCADA protocols on this podcast. Maybe we should look into it. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, a relatively technical scenario where you're getting your hands dirty. You're not just talking, you're actually doing. All 65 schools were doing.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, and they try to implement the business aspect of it, too. So That's when the role playing comes in Uh, like we had to give a a CISO talk. Uh, So you had to present the creativity of your project to what was supposed to be the panel of uh, committee members that are going to review your reports and kind of make business decisions.
1: And how did that work? I know you have a background in computer engineering and now you're studying digital forensics. Did you have somebody on your team who was more comfortable presenting? Did the whole team do it? Did you break it out?
2: Yeah, so no, last year uh, I gave it uh, along with one of my fellow members that was on the team this year. Uh, this year he actually uh, presented it himself. Uh, we're all technically focused for the most part, so but he, he built out the uh, software appliance originally. So he had the technical focus on what he wanted this to be, and we, we try to pride ourselves on our ability to be somewhat professional and <laughs>
1: On a one to 10 scale, rea- reality scale, I mean, how close do you think it, it this reflects a, a real situation you run into every day in the workforce?
2: To be frank, the, the limitations kind of make you have to implement some creative ideas that you would not have to consider otherwise. Uh, like we couldn't firewall people off and whitelist IPs. Mm-hmm. So uh, you, you get more of creativity, uh, but the idea that you know you have a system and it could be compromised, you need to secure it up. I mean, I'd say it's probably about a seven. That's pretty good.
0: And any other um, interesting observations from what you saw from the other teams, or how does it actually work? The the the, um, the in person competition. So after you spend this month or so, um, first securing you know your, the existing network, building out the software, then you went to um, the one of the labs, the Argonne Lab in Illinois. And so what mm-hmm. happens there? That's when you did the CISO talk and.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's when the in-person elements begin. Uh, so the majority of the competition, uh, Friday, you come in on Friday, and that's just a day to set up your network a little more because there is a physical component. They do set up uh, Raspberry Pis hooked up to uh, motors and other valves. This year it was supposed to be an oil company, so it was supposed to be like an oil p- pipeline. Uh, but you you get to take a look at that, do any modifications you may need to do uh then the red team starts scanning it so we do have the active attackers, and i think it's over a hundred red team members that are attacking these systems amongst all 66 teams so uh that that first day is just them scanning and then the next day the in-person the true competition begins and they do things called anomalies which are just little fun things to give you something to do while you're doing the competition and monitoring your systems and that's uh it's like a capture the flag competition, doing forensics challenges, doing just fun things to get everybody to like talk to each other and enjoy the time that they're there as well. Since it also, it's not just a competition, right? It's a time to network, meet peers mm-hmm. and develop a growth in some cybersecurity and so.
0: And Austin, you know, there's a lot of talk, especially um, within government about the cybersecurity um, just the workforce. And, you know, there's a huge recruitment element that's happening right now To That's where um, I was going, Erica. Uh, <laughs> well, that's why I guess we're, <laughs> that's why you're Eric and I'm Erica. We're thinking alike. So, <laughs> so I, I just, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, I think competitions like this are so great for shaping um, that next generation of, of the workforce. So, you know, what where, where are your thoughts in terms of, you know, where cybersecurity is going, how to, um, you know, bring new thought, new, new mindsets, especially next generation mindsets to to the industry and to the area?
2: So I want to say, of course, security is, I think, the fastest growth rate uh, in the industry. Uh, I think it's like 25 or 35% uh, growth rate in the next four years. Uh, So it's very important that we develop at a a young age uh, an interest in cybersecurity and programming. And I think these competitions are becoming a a great way to grab uh, potential employees, potential researchers who have a real passion for the security element. And you're you're not getting the people who just want to be there as like a resume booster or something. These are people who are just truly passionate and uh, it it provides a a great gateway to get people both interested because it's a fun way to get into cybersecurity and you learn a lot. So I think it's a great gateway into recruitment efforts and getting more uh, passion in the field.
1: Why do you like cybersecurity? Like, why would you pick that as a career field?
2: Uh, the field some, there's something about just messing with something that you might not know anything about and seeing, hey, what could happen? Uh, the unknown, right, I guess.
1: Okay. Would you like to work for the government when you graduate?
2: It could be a potential thing. Uh, I've mainly stuck to the private sector, and most likely will be where I continue on. But uh, I think it's very important that we get some good, passionate people—you know—to start moving their way into the government uh, and cybersecurity, especially.
1: When you when you interact with all these other members, these other students who are who are obviously very very capable and intelligent, do do they talk about where? Do you talk about where you want to go career-wise? What the options are? The pros and cons?
2: Yeah, so uh, a lot of our club likes to stick together. So you, you, we've been noticing a lot of people going to the same cities and same mm-hmm. companies, you know, you know Amazon, uh, Microsoft, some of those big tech companies. But I think now this competition has provided more insight into the the, the elements that can be sought in government and a, lo- a lot of interest in the things that you can see in it, from a government perspective that you might not see from the private sector, you know, nation state attacks, you mean. Unless you're one of the big companies, you're not going to have any involvement uh, within that. So I think it's provided a lot of insight that uh, more people are getting interest in, in going into the government.
1: Really, that it, so what I'm hearing you say is the interest level in the type of work that the government may do versus a random private commercial organization.
2: Yeah, exactly. The, the interest is in what you could see, Uh
1: Okay. Without leading you, any other factors that would convince you to either go into the government or not, or any of the peer your peers you've dealt with?
2: Yeah. So I think there's a stigma that uh, governments uh, don't pay what the private sector is going to give you starting off, and I think that might be a kind of a factor that a lot of people are playing in mm-hmm. when they, because uh, a lot of a lot of not everybody has this. Uh, let's say a uh, patriot mindset where they just are doing it for the greater good. It's still hard uh, to get past the the budget factor of it.
1: From a, from a compensation perspective.
2: Yeah. Right? From a compensation perspective. Yeah.
1: Okay. But that you've got sense. the cool work, you've got the the paid time off, the great benefits. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're, you're doing something patriotic as you, as you said. Um, but at the end of the day, the paycheck definitely <laughs> is uh, a, <famous. laughs>
0: Well and that, I mean I think that's look that's that's reality but what we do know is that the government is definitely um they're hiring right now for cybersecurity mm-hmm. and <laughs> that is a, a top top area um where they're definitely looking for you know the best of the best talent so um so keep them in mind
1: Austin I will do for sure yeah, I mean heck they're even sponsoring the uh, competition right? right they're training yeah. and, and giving you something to put on the resume to go get a commercial job or a
2: government yep, job. Exactly, <laughs> and they do a great job, and it really does actually. It, I think this competition is a great way forward for them to build up that interest because you're starting to see more of the fun aspects of it. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's it's not all suit and tie, you know. So,
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, excellent. Well, thank you so much, Austin, um, for for being on with us. Um, so, what what's next for you? When when's graduation?
2: Oh, I'm going to be here for quite a while. Uh, okay. I just started my graduate degree. I actually uh, finished undergrad uh, last semester. So, I four more years for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it, it flies by. So, uh, so best grad- of oh, pr- Part time. I got you.
2: Okay. Yeah, yeah, part time. I, I currently work full time in uh, the private sector.
0: Excellent. Well, best of luck to you. And again, Eric, congratulations. I,
1: I, I have one last question. Okay, okay go ahead. Austin, based on what you've seen, what you've learned, the interaction with the competition, what is one piece of advice you'd give for us older gentlemen and, and <laughs> ladies out there who are in the cybersecurity business? Never stop learning, really. I think that's a great piece of advice.
0: It's changing every day. So that that is, that's great. Well, thank you, Austin. We appreciate it. Um, and again, best of luck to you. Congratulations to you as well to, as to the rest of the um, University of Central Florida uh, team. Great work by you guys to have won this, this national competition.
2: Thank you very much, Erica, and have a great day now.
1: Yeah, big win. Let us know if you want to move into the government. We'll, we'll get you in touch <laughs> with some of the...
2: Uh, All right, we might right be in, in touch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you never know.
2: <laughs> All
0: right, thanks.
2: Yeah, Have a great day. And thanks Thank to all our watch.
0: listeners this week. And please tune in next week for another episode of To The Point Cybersecurity. Thanks for joining us on the To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast, brought to you by Forcepoint. For more information and show notes from today's episode, please visit www.forcepoint.com govpodcast. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or the Google Play Store.